everybody, thank you for tuning into my podcast, Keeping It Real with Caramel. As we say 100, I have Shane on the line. He loves music. He does magic. He's a, a, a author. He has so many things going on. Hey, Shane, how are you? I'm so good, Caramel. I'm so glad that you said your name, too. All day, I've sort of been stressing. I am a Southern boy, and I thought it's got to be Caramel, right? Um, and so, yes, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to be here. Thank you, Caramel. Oh, you're so welcome. I know a lot of people call me Caramel, you know, or yeah. they'll call me Camilla. They call me all kinds of names, but Caramel, because they're like, I don't even know how to pronounce it. I'm just going to say what I know. Caramel. Well, you're, know? Uh, so, you're from Florida, right? Well, yeah, I live, I'm resided in Florida, but I'm not originally from Florida. But yeah, I'm here in Orlando and I love every bit of it, you know. Yeah. So. Orlando sounds uh, like a lot of fun in theory but it also sounds like it could kind of get old yeah that too you know um it can you know but hey so tell the audience where you're from and actually tell them you know a fun fact about you that we don't know oh wow well i feel like um unless people are just following me around on the internet i can tell your audience anything right and they wouldn't know that about me i don't know i guess we'll leave it up to them to decide if it's fun or not if it's a fun fact but um i currently live in north carolina Mm -hmm. i teach uh, college english here and uh, i've been doing that uh, in in the great state of North Carolina for mm, like I, I guess like seven or eight years something like that I lived I was born and raised in Georgia and I uh, went to college there and, and worked there for a few years and and then I ended up here um, and yeah uh, like you said I am a musician I make music with this band called uh, Sequoia Rising and I write uh, contemporary fantasy magical realism novels now let's see a fun fact. Uh, here's something that not a lot of people in my life now know, and that is that I paid my way through college as a mobile disc jockey. Oh, wow. Hey. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. Yeah. I, I never got on the vine, like on the ones and twos really. Like I was mostly digital, you know? Uh, and I did, I, I mean, the bread and butter there, if you're not in a club is, uh, weddings and class reunions. Uh, those, those crowds are impossible to please, but they do pay well. Oh yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Um, so, Mister, so we're gonna talk about what you got going on. So, you are labeled. Well, when I was looking at your bio, I'm not gonna say labeled, but when I was looking at your bio, it said that you are a storyteller. Mm. So, why do you say that you are a storyteller? What makes you a storyteller? I, uh, I think I'm I'm really interested in just the power of story in general, uh, in in its ability to help us frame the world and uh, help it make sense to us. And I, for a long time, I was a writer exclusively of you know stories, poetry, novels, that sort of thing. And then, um, as I was working on my second novel, and I, I the my second novel is about a musician. I was I was never a musician, but I wanted to know more about that what that felt like to make music and play an instrument so i taught myself the guitar while i was writing that novel and as i grew into like musicianship and songwriting i thought well storyteller is a really cool way to brand that because i think that everything is stories right and every story is magical in its own way but every story doesn't necessarily deserve or every story doesn't belong in a book Uh, some stories belong in your ears under music or over music um, mm-hmm. And so I think that 
you know, even since then, I've, I've written a stage play and I really just dabble in, in all forms of storytelling at this point, I think. And uh, because I, I just I'm just kind of fascinated with uh, a story's ability to uh, to transform and to speak. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Sometimes I think I'm a storyteller, too. But a lot of people say, can you shut up? Oh, when you I know what? Going. I mean, you're, you're a stand up. Of course, you're a storyteller. <laughs> I mean, you know, I'd be like talking and everybody be like, oh, my God, it's going to take forever. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> well, you got to you got to fill up that set time, you know. Um, I know. But yeah, no, I mean, I, I think that, you know, stand up comedy is something that I have uh, not tried. And uh, it's that is, I think, and, and I have all the respect in the world for for people who are able to get up there and, and do that, because that is such a. Uh, you know, I always say that being a bar musician is a really tough job, and it is because right. when you're trying to win over a crowd in a bar that really doesn't even, they're not there for you, they're there for drinking or sports or whatever, yes. and you're posting yes. up in the corner, like that's a tough gig. And I can, at least I'm playing music that, you know, occasionally they've heard before. I feel like I can win them over with that. Uh, yeah. But for a comic, I feel like that's just such a, a really tough sell. Oh, it is. It is. It's so tough because you have to make sure that because the vibe might not be the same as the next as the next audience. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you really have to bust out them jokes or say something they don't like because if they don't like it, they're gonna look at you like you're crazy. And you yeah, just stand I mean, like, uh, hello, like you're not listening. Oh God, you know. Yeah. Public performance so, is such uh, is so different from writing because yeah. when you write there's a there's a delay in uh feedback but public public performance is immediate feedback uh and they can an audience can be hostile from the jump for no reason oh my god yes shane so <laughs> right so right so you love music and you like you love writing music and so you've been writing music for a while for a long time correct i don't know how long i would say is a long time uh like i said i taught myself the guitar while i was writing my second novel which came out four maybe a little over four years ago now so i've only really been playing for that long oh and, wow um, yeah and uh you know i think that most musicians would say this uh, whenever you are able to stitch together those three or four chords and play a song that you've heard on the radio a bunch of times it unlocks something in your brain and and it's it's a that's the most addictive thing uh because music to me for so long was a magic trick that I didn't understand. I it made me feel things, it made me cry, it made me happy, it made me want to dance, you know. And I didn't understand how it worked. And then playing a song for the first time and, and knowing how those chords and those notes work together was like unlocking the secret to the magic trick. And once you unlock it, you just want to keep playing in that sandbox. And um, yeah, and so uh, I started the, the very first song I ever wrote is the song called Before We Fade Away, which is a song that's mentioned in the novel I was writing. Mm -hmm. And um, so I was able to you know play that when I did readings and stuff. And it kind of gave the, the experience a little bit more texture because now it's not just, you know, words on a page. They can actually hear that song. Um, right. Right. And uh, now that song is on the first album that uh, I, I this is what I did over the quarantine pandemic time is I poured myself into recording uh, my first full length record uh, with my I played with Sequoia Rising, which is just a two man acoustic band. Uh, and the guy that plays with me, Jerry Smith, is uh, my percussionist. But in lockdown, I recorded this album and I played all the instruments on it. 
and um, I recorded it's uh, 10 original songs. Uh, the album is called Of All the Things I've Ever Said, I Mean This the Most. And uh, it's something that I'm proud of. I'm sure like other, wow. mu- other seasoned musicians would probably think it's pretty basic, but I, I say congratulations to you. Yeah. Well, oh I appreciate God. that. Good job, Shane, because you couldn't do nothing but stay home anyway. So might as well do something useful, right? Yeah. And I had all these songs that we had written, you know, uh, over the last couple of years. And I thought, and I always thought that we would put them down and, and record them. And uh, yeah, so I was like, well, I don't really have anything else to do. So exactly. Well, like, what are you gonna do? You're gonna go outside and 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 you know, what I'm saying like, you we couldn't do nothing for a year. So yeah, that was uh, the best thing you could ever done. It was. I can I can sit and uh, drive myself crazy thinking about what's happening out there, or I can play a bunch of Fortnite, or I can record an album. <laughs> Exactly. So what? We'll see which one I'm gonna do. Um, I want to play Fortnite, but I decided to play. No, I'm gonna just yeah. record an album. Yeah. That well, I mean, we did, there was definitely a fair amount of Fortnite playing as well. <laughs> I but. know, right? <laughs> so, <laughs> Yo, know, like I'm telling you, Shane. Like the whole time I was sitting here looking at the, like, oh my god, what I need to do? I was on all kinds of things. You know, I was, I was, I was, I did my, I started up this podcast and and COVID, right? Yeah. I did this and I start writing more poetry and and I was like, oh my god, I gotta find something else to do i was just like trying to get different things to do because i'm telling you i would have been bored out, out my mind yeah. if i didn't find a whole lot of things to do and i know a lot of people you know music is pile powerful just the word music because it can like you said it makes you so emotional it can make you dance it can make you cry it can make you laugh it can make you happy it can make you in all the different types of emotions and people don't realize how powerful music can be what's so great about um everything that you're just saying is right now we're in a really interesting moment in music because right now we are seeing uh, the efforts of all of these musicians from quarantine when they were isolated and locked down and had nothing but their guitar or their keyboard or whatever. And so we're getting a lot of people's best work because they didn't have the producer to lean on or the studio to lean on. And so they they got really raw and really vulnerable and honest. I'm thinking like some some of the, the two records that Taylor Swift released over, during the pandemic are some of the best mm-hmm. songwriting she's ever done. Right. And I think it's because she didn't have a lot of the crutches that she had come to lean on in the studio. She it was just her and an instrument. Exactly. And and that's what it is. Like, I think, you know, everybody felt like it was a bad thing. Um, to some it was. And to others, it was a great thing because you had time for yourself, had time to do what you wanted to do at that time or something that you just thought you wasn't going to do. But now you have the time to do it. Yeah, you there, know? Was, there was and no so, way to, to live through those 18 months without a serious like. Uh, evaluation of priority right exactly exactly and i totally agree with you so i want to know about this uh wild turkey (laughs) one-on-one and this rerun of the office you tell me about this going on okay well i mean wild turkey 101 is the best whiskey um (laughs) and i'll fight anybody that says otherwise it's Everyone is always like, why do you have to drink such strong whiskey? And I was like, I was always an A-plus student. And if I could have made a 101 on the test, then I would have. And it's just right there in the name, right? Like, it's an A-plus whiskey. Um, uh-huh. And I just love The Office. It's my comfort show. I've watched it a bunch of times. I actually just won uh, The Office trivia last night. I am now, you're talking, that maybe here's a fun fact. is to the undisputed Office 
number one office fan in Fayetteville, North Carolina, as of right now. So, oh um, wow, yeah, it's I was a like, big okay, deal. so he loved the wild turkey one on one, huh? He loved that whiskey. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. In fact, once this wraps up, uh, it's uh, and after dinner, I'm gonna probably pour myself <laughs> a wild turkey one on one, and I'm gonna play a little Fortnite. <laughs> I'm a Moscato kind of girl, okay. Hey, I I, I'm do, not I mad at your Moscato. I, I can't, I can't do whiskey because I it's brown, it's brown, and yeah. I I don't do brown. Then like, if you give me in some brown liquor or anything, whiskey, liquor, whatever, oh, you can see a whole new caramel. Do you, uh, okay. is, do you want to fight on brown? Like, because yes! yeah, yes! I was about to say yeah, it all does something different to to different people, right? Yes, I have like anger anger management. Like, you have to put me in some kind of like psycho ward when I drink brown something right. and I'm like oh my god this is not for me but I know that you also like you have a novel and I want to talk about this it's the smoke in his eyes yes and I want to know a little bit more about that and to me the smoke in his eyes means that it's anger I don't know if there's anything about anger but I was like he got smoke in his eyes or he furious or something so yeah. tell me about that a little bit yeah, so it's it's not it's not anger, uh, okay. not not specifically necessarily. So uh, the smoke in his eyes is um, the novel that I mentioned about uh, about the musician. His name is TJ. He plays guitar from a very young age. Uh, he comes from privilege. His parents are are well off, but they uh, aren't good to him necessarily. They're the kind of parents that think that if they just shower him with money, that's that's that can take the place of parenting. Uh-huh. Um, and uh, so he has a traumatic experience with his father who is uh, abusive. And this uh, this trauma unlocks something in TJ where he starts to see visions. Uh, these, this is not the smoke, though. Uh, he sees just abstract colors. He hears weird sounds. Uh, and it's just kind of chaos. And anytime he's in a stressful or an emotionally heightened situation, his senses are flooded with these overwhelming visions and sounds. Um, oh, and uh, so he, as he grows up, you know, he, these things kind of come and go and he eventually meets this woman uh, named Muna, uh, who's a bartender at this local venue uh, that he plays music at in college. And when he looks at her, he sees smoke coming off of her skin. Oh. Um, and so as the novel progresses, we learn that Muna is a muse, like in the old Greek sense, right? She's the inspiration. Right. And so sh- she... Uh, has been looking for him and once she finds him he is the person that she's supposed to inspire and so she helps him understand these visions that he has uh, and she helps him mine that trauma in other words for art um, and uh, but uh, when I wrote the novel I wanted Muna to be the literal embodiment of inspiration and awesome. as we all know inspiration comes in a flash and then it's gone right and then what you do with it in its absence is kind of the powerful thing and so as he starts to work on his music she starts to evaporate and she eventually like the smoke like she she just leaves and she's just a memory oh my Um, god the concept i love it yeah so that's the smoke in his eyes I love that concept, like, because she comes in to give him that inspiration. And once he start playing that music, she yeah. she slowly goes away because the inspiration is already inside of him. Right? That's, right? that's it. Oh my gosh, Shayna. Oh my God, I got it. <laughs> that is so awesome. Oh my yeah. God. Then you did like a short story. 
And the short story is the boy who kissed the rain. Yeah. And so the boy who kissed the rain, I am assuming, this is my assumption. Yeah, I like this that... game. I like the game where you tell me <laughs> what you think it's about and then I tell you what it's about. <laughs> I'm thinking that the boy kissed the rain. Okay, the boy who kissed the rain is like... Uh... Now keep in mind what you just learned about the smoke in his eyes, right? Right, right. So the boy who kissed the rain was a young boy and he had some uh he had to be motivated on something mm -hmm. and maybe someone came in to motivate him and i don't know and the and maybe the rain had something to do with it every time it rained he he got some inspirational kind of thing so so that okay awesome guess uh, <laughs> I, first, before I answer that, I want to say I think you should start either a new podcast or a YouTube channel where you review movies based only on the title and not knowing anything about them. Oh, uh, okay, wow. <laughs> I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, but yeah, so The Boy Who Kissed the Rain is actually, um, like you said, it's a short story. It's a prequel to my first novel, A Year Since the Rain. So obviously, like, I have a whole thing with rain, I guess. Okay. Um, but it's set in the same town, but like a couple of hundred years before. Uh, and it is probably the most, I don't know, quote, like classically romantic thing I've ever written. Uh, it's pretty saccharine and uh, it's pretty sentimental. Uh, but it's about this guy uh, who is like, you know, he's probably 18. Uh, mm -hmm. But he, this is in, uh, it's a colonial sort of setting. So very kind of old school cobblestone streets and stuff, you know. And um, in this small settlement, they uh, the, the the rumors are that when they first settled on this land, they had to strike an agreement with these magical beings that inhabited the land um, in order to live there. These these beings uh, were the bringers of rain, uh, and they're almost like fairies, I guess, for lack of a better word. Uh, but they would bring the rain as long as the people of the town didn't cross a certain, uh, didn't cross the river into their land, right? Uh, they would, it's kind of like the village, if you've ever seen that, right? Like if you don't go into the, don't go into, yeah, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't go outside when it's raining, don't cross the yes, river. Yes. And so it's been a couple of generations since that deal was um, struck. And this young guy, uh, Lance, is not convinced. He's this very uh, pragmatic guy. He's a, he's a thinker. And so he's not convinced that it's real. He thinks it's all superstition just to control us, right? And so one day he stays out during the rain and he meets this being. Uh, in the story, they're called Little Thunders. Uh, mm -hmm. th those are the beings that bring the rain. And he meets one. Her name is Luna. And they fall in love. Uh, and But whenever they touch, uh, no matter what it is, if they want to hold hands or if they kiss or whatever, it like eats her body like the the touch of his skin like eats at her like she can replenish herself right from the river or whatever but it, it causes her intense pain and so there's uh this they they have to eventually you know they they decide that they're gonna try to be friends in spite of this but their their love for each other continues to grow and she wants nothing more than to, to kiss him and whenever they do it hurts so much you know and so they they come to the realization that this is something that they'll never be able to do and so they leave one another 
and agree to not see each other again. But every night when it rains, he goes outside and like leans up into the rain and is like looking for her, you know? Yeah. Um, so that's the boy who kissed the rain. And in, oh, the, wow. in the stage play that, so this story I, I adapted into a two act, a full length stage play. Oh, awesome. And uh, the stage play has a lot more to it. And in the stage play, there is a way there's like a magical, um, there's there's magic in place that uh, that would allow Luna to make the transformation from Little Thunder to human if she truly wants to be with Lance. And oh, wow. so the the play kind of leaves off on this note of, well, do they right? Like it doesn't really answer that question, but you know that that there's a possibility for that. Awesome, awesome. See, look at you. You had talent all over the place. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I feel like I, I feel like my. I feel like you, right? Like when I start talking, like, will I ever shut up? So maybe my, <laughs> my talent is not brevity, but. <laughs> I'm like, Shane, I'm trying to tell you. Like when I talk, everybody be like, okay, okay. Yeah, okay. everybody tuned in. They just like tuned out at like minutes. Exactly. So like, <laughs> some point, exactly. So some point you tuned out. You're like, are y'all listening to me? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're listening. Okay. And then you just keep on going. It's like, oh, God. You know, um, you know, I usually ask people. Um, you know, when you get up in the morning and you wake up in the morning, you know, you wipe your face and all this good stuff. I don't know if you drink coffee or not or whatever, but what is your why? Why do you get up every morning to do what you do? Um, because I don't know what, when it, when it comes to creation and, and storytelling and, and writing and music and everything, I don't know what my life would be like without it. Uh, I grew up uh, in a storytelling family. Uh, I grew up with parents who instilled in me the value of, of education. Um, and I mean, what I do day to day is, is I teach, right? And when I see uh, the value of, of what I do in the classroom play out in my students' lives, uh, uh -huh. in that they're able to get a job or they're able to get a scholarship to go to a, a, another university or, or whatever. Um, that tells me that I'm doing something worthwhile. Right. Um, right. it's, it's sort of, uh, I think that teaching and, and storytelling are sort of all in the service of, of some sort of greater good because the people that walk into my classroom, I want them to walk out with a skill set that is valuable in the real world you know, for them to continue on with whatever it is that they're going to do. Um, when someone leaves the story that, that I've written, I want them also to leave either knowing that whatever they're going through, they're not the only one that's been through it, or uh, knowing that uh, pain is universal and that there's always something a little bit lighter on the other side of that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I, I get up and I do all of this stuff because I don't know what life would be like without teaching or writing. And, um, and I think that there's real value in it. It is your impact. You know, you're impacting your students, you're impacting people that is going through things that they didn't, you know, that they feel like they're alone. So you're impacting and inspiring. And that's an awesome thing, you know, especially yeah, when you impact young kids, you know, and they come out with something, they go in and think you're the cool teacher. There's, you know? there's real value in community and, and community exactly. is playing out in real time in my classroom, but community plays out in a more sort of nebulous way in art because 
When I write it, I write it in isolation, but eventually it finds its way out into the world. And, and there's this weird sort of nebulous community that builds around the, the readership, right? And right. I love going to uh, bookstores or doing public appearances with these books because I just like to be able to talk to people about them, you know? Yeah, you love people. I do. You know? And I love people too. And I love talking to people. I love, you know what, Shane? I love to see people laugh. I love people having a good time communicating towards each other without any hate or or negativity. I, I love positive energy and I love positive energy around the universe. Yeah, you know? Absolutely. And I feel like that's the like the best thing ever when you got that positive vibe, that positive thing going on, and you're like, oh my God, this vibe is so good. I can be here all day, you know? Yeah. But when that negativity come in, you're like, uh-uh, I gotta go. That, hosti that hostile audience, man. Right. <laughs> exactly. You exactly. just, just like, moonwalk awkwardly off the stage and go home, right? Like, we're, exactly, we, like are not, we are not entertaining this hostile audience tonight. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, and, you know, it's, it's just an awesome thing to have that positive impact on people. And you just smile at everybody and be yeah. like, hey. And well, everybody thinks your life is great. You know, people say your life is great. Yeah, it's great today. But hey, you know what? We just go with the flow. You know, whatever we had in the past, the pain that we have, we have to take take it as it is and keep it moving and still yeah. have that positive impact in life, you know? Yeah, and there's there, it should be said, right, that uh, there's value to engaging with the hostile audience because we don't actually know why they came in the door angry. Exactly. They might came in the door because they was they, they had a bad day. Yeah. They might came in the door because they had some problems at home yeah. and they might have a bad day. And you might be the one that make them feel like their That's day right. has been the awesomest day yeah. because you had a part of talking to them or showing them something different. They just wanted know? to come out. They just needed to hear another version of Brown Eyed Girl. And <laughs> if they could just hear one more version of Brown Eyed Girl, then it will all turn around. <laughs> yeah, like, like you know, you're that thing. You know, I have a habit of want to hug everybody, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, man, yeah, then the pandemic here, must but... have been awful for you. <laughs> <laughs> like come here let's hug like right? what's wrong you're like come on you know but hey you know you know there's people and we're human and everybody have their own little issues but we, we people like us are here to to help people out and show them something different and that's awesome so what is your next project like what else you have going on uh well so there's a, a new novel uh, coming out next year, um, probably in the spring, like April, I guess. Uh, and it's going to kind of tie up uh, the story of this. Uh, I've been writing in a shared universe, so this is not a series necessarily, but all of the stories are interconnected. And so this third novel uh, is called The Woman with a Thousand Faces, and that's going to be out in spring of 2022. And uh, yeah, that's very exciting. And I've just started writing my first horror novel. So yeah, so we'll see how that turns out. Awesome. So congratulations for that. And yeah. I also want to know, since you do music, you know, since you do music, what is your favorite song? My favorite song? Uh, that is such a good question. And I think that it's, um, I think it's this song called Drive All Night by Bruce Springsteen. Okay. Um, it's either that or, can I give you two? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, or it is uh, If We Were Vampires by Jason Isbell. Um, How did I go? If We Were Vampires, okay. Yeah, so, I mean, that song is beautiful because it's a love song, but it's um, about uh, 
it sort of turns it, it's a, it's an inverse sort of thing like uh the the th- the song is about if we were vampires then mm-hmm. and death was a joke then we would waste our time together right um so maybe it's actually a blessing that we have limited time together because eventually one of us will die and the other one will be alone and and we have no choice but to value the time that we have Oh yes, yes! I gotta look that up. I gotta look that up. I gotta yeah, it's to that. gorgeous. It's gorgeous. <laughs> I gotta listen to that. Yes. So, um, you know what, Shane? You have been such an awesome, awesome, awesome person to. I'm not saying I'm. A, I'm not gonna even say an interview. I'm gonna say a conversation. That's right. We had a good conversation together. Okay. Right. And you are so awesome, and you're such a great impact to the community and to these students and glad that they have you as a teacher because I know you're the cool teacher and um, I am so super excited so if anybody want to contact you how can they contact you Uh, the easiest way is I am at that Shane Wilson on all of the social medias or you can find me at uh, shanewilsonauthor.com okay okay so I want everybody to know that Shane is awesome Okay, and make <laughs> and make sure that you go to his website. Um, make sure that you connect with him on his social media, and I'm have all his stuff in the bio so you can read it and you can connect just as well. So I want to say again, Shane, thank you for being with me on Keeping It Real with Caramel, and we had a great conversation, and you're just wonderful. And um, whenever you get big in life. Just make sure that you you say, you know what? I was on Camel's show. Okay. Oh, for sure. If I ever win any kind of award, the first thing out of my mouth will be, thank you, Caramel. Oh, my God. You have to record it <laughs> to me, okay? Like, I got to hear that. If I okay? ever get to give any kind of speech or whatever, it'll be, <laughs> that people will be like, what? Why is he thanking Caramel Sauce? <laughs> <laughs> like, like that, that's my super friend now. Like, Caramel is the girl, okay? That's right, that's right. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Shane. Thank you so much, and um, I wish you the best. Absolutely, thank you. Okay, bye-bye.